Welcome back to the Carter Exchange by Medtronic. I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank our, our host this evening, Medtronic, for letting us go and get together and talk about the meeting. And uh, any last words from anybody to add? I personally enjoyed a lot, uh, you know, from the, uh, uh, you know, presentation, you know, about regarding cardiac surgery outcomes and then U.S. news, uh, you know, ranking. And then I, I want I want to ask your opinion about the, that, uh, uh, you know, data. Uh, what do you think, Dr. Grossi, about that the presentation? I, I think it shows that uh, gamesmanship is a part of that. And I, I think at this point, as cardiac surgeons for the last 30 years, we've been participating in outcome databases. Uh, and there's a part of gamesmanship to playing to it. However, I think the stakes are so high at this point that we're just mere peons in the, in, in the whole process. Now it's the institutions which are going and being the playing gamesmanship to, to play to these metrics that will enhance the out, not enhance the outcomes, but perhaps, perhaps enhance the power the prestige, and the drawing power of a certain institution. Tom, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I agree with that. You know, when we review that abstract, we're like, this needs to be kind of a late-breaking plenary talk because it's so relevant for all of us, uh, both academic centers and smaller, um, smaller centers. I think a subtle point is that the STS is focused on outcomes, right? That's what we're measuring, outcomes quality metrics and whatnot. The US News and World Report outcomes is only one variable. The other six, variables are- A 6% variable? Was yeah. that the number they quoted, I think? Yeah. And the, the, so the others are reputation, and reputation is a, a poll through doximity, and, and you end up ranking what hospitals you think are the top 10 or 20. The other is research. Uh, uh, the other, you know, so, so I think it's only one variable. Um, you know, this is something else that we need to talk about, right? Maybe, maybe you know, we need to have another ranking the top STS hospitals purely based off outcomes. I don't, I'm not suggesting that by any means. I'm not, I don't think that's the right thing to do, but because it's more complicated than that. But but it's such a complicated ranking system is so complicated. But but we knew it was going to generate a lot of discussion. I'm glad you brought that up, Shinichi. Right. I, I I think the I think for me the take home message was that. The hard outcomes were, I think it was 6%, Sanishi. Wasn't that the, the STS component of an overall score? When they went through it, it was, some, it was less than 10% of the, of the total score attributed to an institution. Yeah, I don't have the right number in my mind right now, but uh, I think, uh, you know, as an institution, you know, making effort to get the higher rank. I mean, nothing is wrong by doing that. I think we should continue making that effort. But it was just a really eye-opening for me to just, uh, you know, listen to their the data. It, it was just, I enjoyed a lot. And then, you know, it's just, a, you know, totally eye-opening. Yeah, so. What did you think, Jessica? 
We don't have the same uh, outcome reporting system in Canada, um, but I think it's it's gonna come uh, seriously really soon. I think there's so many confounding factors also when you are um, uh, having a system like that, for example, uh, an, an academic institution who is in a general hospital will have different kind of patient, but we can adjust it for the risk score as well, but not all the, the variables are not included in our actual risk score. So, and the specific institute that are specialized in cardiac will have different kind of type of patient as well that are uh, not the same risk patient. So I think it's really difficult also to really have the, the best, um, image of, of, of what it's supposed to to mean, uh, especially if the risk score does not include like all the variables that we need to assess the risk of a patient. Jessica, where do you think the drive in Canada will come from? Do you think it'll be governmental? Do you think it'll be consumer? Do you think it'll be a mix of the two? I take it's going to be governmental. Do you sure want to know what they're getting for their money? Exactly, because because uh, for us we we cost money. <laughs> the hospital we don't uh, bring money. So uh, especially with the new technologies, I think it's going to be more uh, more surveillance according to that, and they're going to they they will want uh, outcomes and results and stuff. Tom, where do, where do you think where do you think the world ranking is going to lead us? Wow, a hot mess. I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be complicated. Um, you mean a world ranking uh, for hospital centers? Uh, right. I mean, what do you think the eventual implications are? I mean, I have my thoughts on it. I mean, yes, all the institutions want the greater glory and stuff like that for enhanced prestige and patient recruitment, but I, I have a much more nihilistic view on it. You know, I, I think we need to realize that when you do rankings, there's often not much of a difference between a, a one, two, three, four, five. It's kind of all the same. And I, and I think probably the better way to, quote, rank and judge hospitals uh, is to, to group them into kind of high performing hospitals and and kind of maybe average hospitals and less performing hospitals. I, I don't I, I personally don't know if there's a significant difference between a hospital that's ranked number one, between the hospital that's ranked number two, or four, five, six. Uh, uh, so I, I think the the standard deviation, and, and I know you know you're a big statistics guru, is is too small to to say definitively that there is a difference. I, I would say that there may not be much difference in one to thirty in in, in this country. Uh, my, but my cynical view is that the insurance companies are going to use this as a metric to control patient flow. They're going to use it as a metric for perceived value, and it's going to control it's going to control patient flow and patient choice too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This is Jay, Jay Luke. I guess that's my question to you guys is is um like how how do like how do you um, recommend like patients and like referring providers navigate this discrepancy, um, in in the U.S. with the, the rankings versus outcomes. I'll, I'll answer that first, Jay. Look, I'll tell you what, what my experience is. What my experience is that for most people who are involved in a healthcare system, that they are very much influenced 
by the relationships of the primary care and the first tier specialists who take care of them. And if they go to somebody who works with the team and has had good results working with the team, that has a very large influence. Now that doesn't hold when you have somebody who's comes out de novo and is trying to navigate this as a solo person without any touch point uh, to go from. Uh, Tom, what, do, what are your thoughts? I think one kind of potential dangerous level and lack of granularity is, let's say NYU is a number one hospital, a number one ranked hospital, it is. I mean, it's not even hypothetical, it is. But it doesn't mean that every surgeon at NYU is a high quality surgeon. And it doesn't mean that every surgeon at NYU is better quality surgeon than maybe a surgeon at hospital XYZ that's unranked at all, right? And there's a possibility certainly that that surgeon at an unranked hospital by numbers could be a higher ranked, higher quality surgeon than an NYU surgeon, but then he or she gets lost in the averaging mix. So I guess those rankings are tricky because it, it, you know, it clumps everybody together, but when you're gonna get an operation, you get it by a surgeon. And, and, and we lack that granularity a little bit. Um, so I think it needs, you know, we have to have a little bit of caution in, in interpreting that. And I, I would think also, there are people who, who specialize in things and you wouldn't want to go to surgeon A if surgeon B is the guy, he or she, who does the better job for that. And I think in all our institutions, we recognize that, uh, that we have people who specialize in something. And usually the people who specialize in something are really the more organized and, you know, have the best throughput for the patient. Fair, is that fair enough to say? I think so. Yes. Without, without condemning anybody and putting me on the line, I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble with any of my brethren. But thank you, Tom, for for trying to trying to get me there. <laughs> Jessica, what are your thoughts? No, exactly what you just said. That, that was the thing I was going to add. Yeah, I mean, I know there's some things that I don't do a lot of. Why would I want to do it? I want I want my buddy who does the best job doing it. You know, that's what makes more sense. Now, the question is, at an institution, high-ranked institution, is there, and I don't want to use the word equitable, but is there an appropriate distribution? Somebody comes in with disease X, are they going to go to the specialist in X, or just because they walked in the front door of hospital Delta, they go to the first the first person there. It becomes very confusing and very difficult. And there's very little guidance to the patients unless they're within a system and there's a personal relationship of the people who refer and they know the outcomes and they, and they know that. How do you guys do it at, uh, at NYU? I know how uh, Michigan does it. I had a good conversation with... Uh, with you know uh, uh, Patel earlier, but what? How do you guys do it at uh, at Michigan? Is it specialized? If someone has mitral disease, they go to you and Didier and 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 uh, Cabbage or how? Uh, I I think we sort of we try to focus. Uh, there there are several people who do primarily mitrals, Aubrey, DDA, and myself. Uh, that way, and people wind up there, and of course Matt. Who's our our, our 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 runs the heart valve center, and I think it's pretty fair recognizing you know what what would what would be the best choice for a given patient, and certainly you know there are cases that come in our door that are directed to a robot, 
and you realize, well, you know, this with everything else, the whole picture, the best thing might be a, a, a transcatheter approach for a given patient, stuff like that. So we try to. Uh, is there equipoise? Not all the time, but we, we try to we try to do that. Sanishi, what what what's the system in Michigan? I mean, we are highly specialized, uh, you know, uh, among the surgeons. And then this was uh, started uh, when Mike Deeb and then Steve Bowling, you know, uh, like a th- 30 some years ago when they, you know, created the program. And then so each surgeon has a certain specialty. So patients are automatically coming to a certain surgeon for a certain disease. Who gets um, to do the endocarditis? I don't, I don't want to be that person. Who's the person who gets to do the endo, the valvular endocarditis? That's actually me the most. And then that, that's my pleasure. But uh, yeah, we are highly specialized. And then just one last comment about this, you know, U.S. News ranking, you know, uh, topic. My personal question is that, so like among the top three institutions, I think some institutions are making active effort to raise the ranking, such as mandating their employees and physicians to to be on doximity and some, something like this. And then how many institutions were not doing any of those activities? That's my personal question, but there is no way to tell, you know, which institutions well, doing this. Well, I, I, so I, yeah. I, I agree with you when I think I said that the gamesmanship which existed in the late 1980s, when patients from Western New York were going out of state to Ohio because they were too high risk and they didn't want to do high risk because the origin origins, the New York State reporting system, right? That was well documented, the east, the westward migration of high risk patients from uh, Buffalo and Rochester. Uh, I think that level of gamesmanship is is long gone. Now it's being done, as you point out, Sanishi, as an institutional level. And they, they pay people big money to do this. And we're just, we have very little to do with it right now in terms of the overall thing. Right. Our, our eight, six to 8% of doing well by our patients has now become a very, very small thing in this overall larger game. Any other topics we missed that we should be covering tonight, Jessica? Uh, I think we uh, we discussed about the main thing. There was a lot of thing also uh, with the multi-arterial graft versus single graft. Why, why are you not using, uh, majority of surgeons are not doing all that arterial. So that was interesting also. And um, the point that people were saying in the office because the off-pump seemed to have worse result. So if we excluded those off-pump patients from the original Excel trial comparing PCI and cabbage would have would have it changed uh, something. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Also, the argument was that probably the off pumps were they the more experienced off pump surgeon, and and it seemed that still the, the jury is still out between on pump and off pump. Who will which patient will benefit more from that? Because uh, the um, the results uh, were a little bit uh, were were different. I found that it was interesting. Sanishi, anything else to finish us up tonight? Oh, no, I think we talked a little bit too much about the U.S. news. But, uh, no, that's yeah. okay. It's it's topical and it's important. And now I know who to send the endocarditis patients to. I learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, final words tonight? 
No, I, I, it was, you know, the conversations like this is what I miss a lot. And, and uh, it was just fun to catch up and, and kind of recap the STS, um, all the things we learned and, and um, all the highlights of the STS. Thanks for moderating this and thanks Medtronic for hosting this. Thank you. Good evening. And uh, Jay, Luke, thank you very much for uh, keeping us abreast. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch where you wind up. Uh, what geography are you going to wind up in, Jay, Luke? Do you know? I am open to anywhere. Okay. We will, we will see where, where the best fit would be and where I can best contribute most to. So uh, I, I look forward to potentially the opportunity to work with you all. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for hosting, Dr. Grossi. And, and thank you very much, uh, everyone. It was great catching up with you all on this talk. And uh, thank you very much for Medtronic as well for uh, running this session to catch up on STS 2022 highlights. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Medtronic. Mary Kay, thank you very much uh, for bringing us together tonight. And uh, with that, we'll sign off. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to your preferred platform. You can also get more info about today's podcast and upcoming shows at medtronic.com slash cardiac exchange. Thanks for listening.